Welcome to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley and Jeremiah Lee. This is a program where we discuss life's hard financial questions to help you make smart decisions about your money. I'm a certified financial planner and Jeremiah is a California licensed attorney. We work together at Tricord Advisors. Tricord is a registered investment advisory firm where we help our clients build the life that they love. If you have a topic you'd like to hear us discuss on future episodes, just send us an email. Use the contact button on our website, retirementunlimited.com, or just give our office a call. Our phone number is 951-684-7011. You know, this has been an interesting time. Um, you know, I'm glad that I've lived long enough to kind of see these intervals. And going back to 2008, there was the crash of the real estate market and the government's um, intervention, I guess is the best way to say that, but the amount of money that was put in. Mm -hmm. And anything that had a growth component to it took off. And we had almost 10 years of uninterrupted growth. And for those stocks in particular that just, we didn't worry about a dividend. They just, mm -hmm. they just went, right? Yep. Yep. Today we're talking about, you know, looking back at the last 10 years and looking forward to the next 10 years. Yes. And we, uh, a few weeks ago, we spot, we talked about a one year, what, what's going to happen this next year, 2023. What are we expecting today? We're talking about the last decade and how that informs us for the next decade. I'm excited about this one. And just like you said, from 2008, 2009, we had the financial crisis and then things turned mm -hmm. and we had a period where we had uh, low inflation. We had low interest rates, rock bottom. We had the government stepping in, having this quantitative easing. And so anything that had uh, some semblance of growth, anything that was going to get and bigger. You, and you future. could utilize low cost money. Yeah, you could words, borrow. Yeah, you, you could, could borrow at, I mean, you're talking about these large mega cap companies, they could borrow at below 2% and it was better than taking money out of the bank. So they just used that borrowing capacity yeah. phenomenally. To grow. And a, a good example of this, I think, is Tesla. You know, they're one that early on, they were not paying dividends. Right. They were not, ha they didn't have a, a functional value in the sense that they, you could look at their P&L, their, their profit right. and loss statement and say, this is what they're worth. But the, the world was their oyster. The future is bright. And they had this access to cheap capital to build and to build and to build. And so because of that, you know, stocks like that, they, they've been done phenomenally over the last 10 years. And part of what we'll talk more about, part of what we're, we're seeing is that this has changed. Yeah, like, I, I feel like I, an inflection point. I, I really do believe it's an inflection point. As much as 2008 was an inflection point moving forward, I think right now where we're at right now is an inflection point. Yeah. And the inflection point means that we've got rising interest rates. The money supply is shrinking. So hence, it puts more pressure on established companies to pay dividends. Those look more attractive than a growth company that needs to borrow money. I mean, I think, you know, we don't get in the technical side of it, but growth companies are going to come under pressure. Yep. And, and we've seen that since the beginning of 21, because growth stocks have really retreated from their highs, but value companies have maintained themselves pretty much through 22 yep. and going into 23, they've continued to be in that in that framework. Yeah. And Kapar, what we're saying here is that we're going to see, you know, the whole market is going to move up and down. The whole market is going to do certain things. But in, in the last decade, if you bought um, a passive index. Well, you of, bought, you just bought the five, the five top or, you know, you bought a fund that stocks. emphasized that, right? Yeah. You know, the, the five stocks, the FANG. Uh, you, you would almost to five times. It would gone up almost five, five and a half times over a 10 year period. Yeah. So ten thousand dollars would turn into almost fifty five thousand dollars, right? And that's a phenomenal investment. You know, so, so say it's something that was not trading, not making right. deals, just a passive, maybe like an index that was on U.S. 
growth mega cap, buying just the biggest growth tech. That would have been the, looking back, that would have been the best play for the last 10 years. And a lot of people did that. There's a lot of people who are in these S&P 500 mega cap um, indexes, and that's been really great. Um, and what we see is that that looks like it's come to an end to say if, if this next decade going forward, if that's what you held, you'll get returned. Absolutely. And, and there's but, a lot of reasons for this. Obviously, inflation is a big factor and the Federal Reserve is fighting against inflation mm-hmm. and interest rates are going up. But also the money supply, the, the quantitative easing is not filled in, filling everybody's bucket, so to speak. Yeah. And people may not know when we talk about quantitative easing, the, the money supply, you know, the money supply is how much money is out there to be spent. Right. And there are all sorts of great charts that track this and show this. And it's incredible to see that during this last decade, we have been, in essence, printing money, right. but we've been creating more money and the government's been pushing this money out, You know, most recently in stimulus, but even before that in quantitative easing, there was just more money out there. And if there's more money out there, um, it, it's it's fueling things. You know, Whereas we've reached now a point where the money curve, as you watch it, it was going up, 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 and it's plateaued and now it's starting to come down, meaning the government's trying to pull some money back to say, there doesn't need to be so much available money to everyone. They're raising interest rates, they're pulling back money. They're trying to slow things down. And companies that are really solid, they are great companies, they make a good product, and they're just what we consider investing-wise a dividend. Well, we, well, we, we categorize them as value-based companies, right? So we, we look at the value base, there's a whole sector on large cap value. And those companies kind of come out of that and you, you take a look at them. We don't want to get in mentioning all the different companies and such because you could we could spend here all day analyzing individual companies. But companies in essence that pay dividends and historically have paid dividends, they were not the beneficiary from 2008 up until 2021, the end of 21. The large cap growth mm-hmm. companies were the beneficiary right. of the yeah. economy. Now, all of a sudden, it's a pivot. Yep, it's and a we've pivot. seen that. And we started that in back in early 21. And it's carried forward uh, into right now. Yeah. And a big piece of that pivot, which, you know, as we talk through, is, is that last decade, we had globalization was a big deal. People wow. are can, you know, sending their factories overseas. We had the just-in-time supply chains where yep. you know a piece of steel goes from one country to another just in time to make it into a, a widget, just in time to ship it to another country to get it finished. That was what everyone was doing, and the growth seemed amazing, great. Well, part of this pivot is you know, we talked about inflation, we talked about volatility, you know, talking about a little bit about the globalization. We are starting to see regionalization to say we don't want, you know, because of the issues run into the last few years, having these supply chains, people want their supplier to be kind of down the road. And, and there's a big discussion about Mexico, the U.S., and Canada. In fact, where's Biden right now? He was in Mexico. Oh, was he? Yeah, yeah. He was he was with the uh, president of Mexico as well as Trudeau from Canada, and they're talking about you know the the three the yep. three countries in the cooperation, and of course the center of all that is the United States. But you know regionalization is coming back. Yep. So they want to bring it back closer yeah, to the. Yeah, some of those factories. Just give, give an example. There's a factory in uh, the U.S. that is now that moved to China over the last decade. Say. Um, that one may not move back to the U.S. That may not be what happens, but it might move to Mexico. It might move to Canada. It might move to the U.S. But we're anticipating this, things like that will be moving to Mexico, to where they're they're further away, but or they're they're closer, but they're still within labor markets that are useful. And there's one of the, the folks in the article we read. There's some of different stocks. There's a railroad stock that was his favorite because he was saying it's the only railroad provider that connects Canada, the U.S., and Mexico in a system. 
And he was just saying his idea is that in the future of this regionalization, that railroad company is going to be moving stuff. They don't have to get on big freight. Um, they don't have to send things across the ocean. Yeah, they don't need to right? use the ocean, just go straight. So that, that was a big part of the last decade. This next decade can be regionalization. Uh, we talk about value stocks. Bonds are another interesting one. Bonds have been miserable recently. Yeah, I mean, last year they got they got hammered. And I think, they're, again, that's one of the big pivots is that there was clearly a change regarding the value of a bond and the purpose of a bond going forward. Now, with that said, bonds actually have a pretty good return. Uh, if you look back historically, what we've seen over the last 10 years, that's a big change too. Because I mean, a bond over the last 10 years, you got maybe a half a percent, a quarter of a percent. Banks didn't want your money. You know, people said, well, I got a million dollars deposit. I got half a million dollars. And they were getting what I call insulting interest for their money <laughs> yeah. in the bank. Yeah. Now it's a different story, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it very much is. And, you know, there's a lot of places that are now paying 4%. And right. 4% isn't usually what people aim for. But to say the 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 most stable part, we usually say, but the stable part of your portfolio is getting 4%. That gives you the freedom to have these other sides. And the question still remains for us and for many people, will bonds be the ballast? Will they be protected? And I think the answer is probably no. We, we shouldn't be looking to bonds to even out and de-risk a portfolio other than just diversification. It's diversifying. Yeah. I mean, a lot of conversation and we're reading a lot of re, re, you know articles regarding the 60-40. You know, it's just the the most common- and That's a portfolio uh, of 60% equities, 40% bonds. bonds. And it really has not performed well, particularly over the last few years. We, we were suspicious of bonds over two years ago, and we started to de-risk or de- list them from our portfolio structures and we started to shrink because we were very concerned about it. We thought bonds, in fact, I remember talking to clients back in 2020 and 2021, I said, bonds are the riskiest asset in the portfolio. And I said, we have to figure out what we're going to do with them. Okay. And it was, it, it came to true. I mean, it, it was a truism by the time that we went into 2022. Yep. So, so the question then for everyone is what do we do going forward? And right. bonds, I think last week we spoke about annuities, bonds and annuities were not that attractive, right? But they are becoming more attractive. And I think there's a reasonable place for them in the portfolio. I, I don't see that we're going to move back to, oh, 60, 40, here we go. But the idea that um, we have equity for growth, we have equities for dividends, um, we you know, use a duration mindset, thinking about some, some dividend-paying stocks, I think that's really useful. But we also have some bonds in there. And where and how, you know, that, that's to be decided right, portfolio right. by portfolio. But they're interesting again. So I, I think as we're looking forward, value-based stocks, Bonds. A big thing I see is is not these. We used to be just the index. Buy all the things. Passive. Stocks. Buy passive. Buy everything, and you'll be fine. That that was great of the last decade. The next decade, I don't see that just buying the index and buying the big group is going to be um, the biggest home run. We have to be very selective about the kind of assets we select because if you select just an index, an index is going to sweep up all the passive holdings, yep. all the growth stocks. And it's going to throw them into that index. So you have to be very careful about either the choice of the index or an actively managed, or you select individual stocks. Because I think this next 10 years is going to be completely different on the outcome than what we've seen over yeah. the last 10 years. There's a good article we read with uh, Burton Malakil. He is the, the person who kind of ran Vanguard. He started right. Vanguard, he got it going, and he's been on the board for years and decades. Um, and his big he's an author of a book called a random walk down wall street and he's it is very well read in fact it's coming out with the updated publication here uh very soon for the yeah. the newest edition great yeah, he's a princeton professor he's you know has a great career and he 
basically pushed on this index idea to say, this is what everyone needs is these low cost, passively managed index. And over the last decade, he's been entirely right. That, right, that was a great sure. way to do it. He still agrees with his, his thesis of saying, this is still great going into the future. And there's absolutely places for it. But but as we're reading through things and thinking about things, the next 10 years may not be as useful for someone taking a passive index. Someone who is going to pick some winners and losers and do it well, this may be the 10 years where we see a, a value in that. Right. Um, and you know, a lot of our investing, we have multiple ways that we invest. Some of it is passive. Some of it is Depends active. Depends on that, the risk model of the profile of the client, their age, their circumstances. You know, somebody who is 25 is going to take a different investment approach than somebody yeah. who's 65, right? Right. And in this next decade, it'll be inter- interesting looking back um, to kind of see who does best, but looking forward, it, it appears it will. So this has been a you know conversation of the last decade to kind of give us context and form the next decade. The second part of our show, we're going to talk about what do you do? Like, right. What do you do now looking at your next 10 years you know, as far as investing as well as other things? What do you do just to set yourself up for success? So uh, come on back. We'll, we'll keep talking about this in a few more minutes. You know, retirement is supposed to be a secure time. Are you secure? Do you and your loved ones have the information needed to make the right decisions about retirement? You need counsel, not another salesperson, an advisor that looks out for your interest more than theirs. This is Dennis Prager, and I'd like you to call Randy Barkley, a certified financial planner who's been serving the Inland Empire for over 26 years. He's a retirement specialist who works for you on all the important and often confusing things that determine how comfortable you are in retirement. Call Randy Barkley for a free consultation and learn for yourself what I've learned. He can be trusted. Randy Barkley, 888-627-8371, 888-627-8371. Or visit me, Randy Barkley, at retirementunlimited.com. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. So I had a conversation with a child of a client here this week. She said, and we we're talking about we we're talking about her mother-in-law because her mother-in-law is very ill and towards the end of her life. But then all of a sudden the, the conversation switched and she said, yeah, she said, I saw my portfolio go down in my retirement account. So therefore, I, I, I cut back on my contributions. Mm-hmm. And I went, paused. I said, how old are you? Well, I'm 45. I said, no, no, you increase it and you invest more. And she goes, huh. and as you can almost mm-hmm. see that. And it's just, it's what people do to hurt themselves, I guess, mm-hmm. is the best thing. And I think what we want to do is pivot into these things. You got to you got to develop a strategy and don't walk away from it just because the market doesn't agree exactly. with everything. That's absolutely right. And that's great. We are talking about, we just talked about the, the last 10 years, the next 10 years, what might be. But the question is, what do I do? Right. I'm, I'm not looking at one year. I'm not looking at six months. I'm looking for a long term, the next decade. What should I do today? And part of it is stay in there, like you know, keep <laughs> investing. If you're young in that age, you know, if you're in your forties, like that's the moment that you're still planting seeds. You know, you've used the farmer analogy before, like you're putting these seeds in the ground, you're covering them, you're watering them. It's not the moment to say, oh, it's a sunny day or it's a storm. Pull the seeds out of the ground. Yeah, you can't do that, right? Right. You got to you gotta get through the storms knowing that you're, you're here to have a harvest. So again, run. it comes back to what do you do? And again, I, I think we keep hammering this. We keep hitting this nail. Have a plan have a plan, and have a strategy, have a plan that will allow you to go back to and say, what does my plan say? Yep. And that's what we do with our clients is we develop a plan, right? Yeah. Yep. And we're working on the long term. And the only way to, to drive somewhere, to hike somewhere, to accomplish something is to have a plan. So uh, 10 years, what are you going to do? Plan. Step one, get an emergency fund. Yep. We've, we've harped on this with a lot of clients. 
Um, and it, it's just such key. If, if an emergency comes up and you have to either liquidate assets you didn't want to, sell a house, sell a home, um, borrow, beg and borrow from friends, it, you know, it, it, it throws your whole plan into uh, disarray. Yep, so in order sure. to be able to stay on your path and be able to complete your plan, you need an emergency fund. An emergency fund is three to six months of your expenses. So if say you made you know $80,000 a year, your expenses, um, you know, well, we, we consider your basic expenses, your basic stuff. So maybe you need you know, $50,000 is your annual spending perhaps. So then you want 25 or so to be in an account. Now that, that doesn't feel great. People say it's not doing anything for me, but, but that's what allows you to be appropriately aggressive with your other money. So to have that money sitting in a savings account, money market account, right. something very stable and fairly liquid is, is step one. And uh, Dwarden Ramsey does great with this to say, you know, if, if you don't have a savings fund, you know, put a hundred dollars in it. Mm -hmm. If you have a hundred dollars, put a thousand dollars in it. Like it, it doesn't have to get to the goal. And if that goal seems daunting, start small because that little bit of emergency funds, even your tire blows out. Um, I know you had a blowout this last week. If, if you have a tire that goes out, um, you might have to swipe a credit card at the place, but you don't want to have to carry that debt and work it into your budget over time. You want to be able to take the emergency fund and say, oh, that was an emergency paid for. That's what it's there it for. That's what it's there for. That's what it's there for. And so if you don't have it, you'll get stuck. So number one, get an emergency fund. Two, create a plan. And it doesn't have to be a full complex plan that we like. We build wonderful plans. I think they are phenomenal. I think everyone should have one. But if if you don't have that, you should at least get an idea of where you want to go. Do you want to retire? Do you right. want to retire early? Do you want to travel later? I mean, again, just as simple as knowing, okay, how much money do I need at my retirement date? Yeah. What's so my you, number? Yeah. yeah. What's my number? So you can have, you're going to know you're going to have social security and, and I don't want to hear any feedback about, will social security still be there? Yes, it will be. <laughs> I can promise you social security will be there. The question is how much other monies will you have? Yeah. Now, if you don't have a pension at work, you ought to know how much money you have to have accumulated. And that's a pretty easy number to get to. And it works back to how much you should be contributing into your retirement plan, how much yep. you should be setting aside. So having a plan. And, and I, I think to your comment, a real plan has real numbers. It's not just a, hey, I'm planning to go for it. Right. You know, what, I think the military talks about you know, planning to fail. If you don't have a good plan, you're planning to fail. Right. Um, you know, to have a good plan, a plan that that works for your life. And that, that's my favorite part of this job is when we put together a plan for someone, they look at it and say, wow. I would love that. This yeah. this is what I want to do. And I see how the numbers are going to get us there. Then we drill down to action steps. Say, okay, start contributing this, start doing this. Right. And we do that. So number one, get an emergency fund. You know, number two, build an actual plan of, of where you want to get to, how you're going to get there, what what's, the numbers are. What's the are. timeline? Yeah, so if you're 45 years of age and you want to try at 65, maybe, maybe the retirement date is not going to be 65. Maybe it's going to be 63 or maybe it's going to be 70. Mm -hmm. You may look at the numbers and go, oh, I'd rather have that than that. Yep. So then you become part of that. You help design it, right? Yeah, you have to build a plan. So you, you build that plan of what you want. And then the third one is start investing and or budgeting. I know budgeting is a dirty word to some people. Um, it feels it is the most essential part of the plan <laughs> is knowing how you spend money. Yeah, because that's how you're going to hit it. Right. By investing and budgeting is how you're going to achieve this plan. You know, I think everyone has had that experience where you get to the end of the month and you say, where did my money go? Mm -hmm. I know I made good money. I know I did some things, but I thought I would have more at the end. Where did it all go? And that usually is the leakage in the budget. So in order to really hit your plan, you have to have a reasonable budget, not one that's aspirational. Right. Spend, you know, eat top ramen for a month, but to say, this is what I really spend. And this little extra wiggle room, I want this to be my investment to move forward. 
And so first the budget and the other part is the investing. You know, often these plans do not work if you just put the money into savings. Yeah. If you, most people, when they invest, if they're too young and they don't have a lot of experience, they have a tendency to be overly conservative. Yeah. So they have a tendency to go into what I call safe money. Safe money will never, ever bring you the results that you need in order to be truly financially independent. Yeah. We have a wonderful system here in the United States and that you can invest your money. And now most people, that's very scary. That's a very fearful thing, but that's where we come alongside of you. We have some of the best minds in the world that we that we interface with to help people make smart decisions about what they're going to be buying. That's right. And some people, when they think about investing, they think of uh, gambling, right? I'm going to throw it in there. It's either zero or it's a lot. You know, we're going to figure it out. And a lot of people who jumped in the last couple of years, uh, you know, meme stocks or some of the crypto, that's what they're looking for, a quick turnaround. Yeah, that's, they're, they're gambling. Yeah, that's not what... When I think of investing, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about um, purposeful, long-term growth of your assets, and that is, you know, buying quality companies like, uh, you know, Microsoft is a great example. You know, I, I read somewhere I think it was uh, over 300 million computers have uh, their Microsoft Office. Right. Uh, I'm not sure what the numbers are, but it was, it was a massive number. But they're saying they're a company who provides quality products that are ongoing, that are well adopted, right? They are not going to fold up tomorrow. They're going to continue to grow and develop and, you know, winners and losers. Yes, but they're a great company. So in getting a budget, we just talked about that investing and someone who's in their twenties, you need to be investing aggressively, not aggressively in the gambling sense, not crypto, but in a sense of having a growth oriented portfolio. Yeah. And the other side know this, and I think uh, tax planning is a big part of what mm. we do. And that is if you pay a lot in taxes, if you don't have enough write-off, of course, contributions into your retirement plan is held as a tax deduction. I mean, I, I don't want to use this space to talk about a Roth conversion or things like that, because, but taxes are going up in 2025, most likely because the tax advantages that were passed during the Trump administration are set to expire in 2025. And another key item that you, you need to talk about, because that's, that's down your professional alley, and that is prepare a will, estate plan. Yeah, estate trust. planning. I mean, yeah. Right. People who don't have anything in, in place, we come across this on a regular basis. Usually it's the, the children of a parent who has passed away and it can be such a mess. And it leaves the next generation, you know, with all these questions and having to figure this out. But it also takes a plan that maybe was a very good plan and it doesn't cement it as a legacy. And part of an estate plan is taking your plan, what you want for yourself and for your kids, and really putting on some guide rails to say, even if I don't survive, even if something happens to me, this plan, this future I see for my family, it can continue. Mm -hmm. And it can continue um, reasonably uh, e easily you know, with, without having to get tied up in probate for years, without having right. large fights amongst the family. So if you don't have an estate plan, it, it's vital that you get that in place. And it doesn't have to be complex. It could be a will. It can be a trust. Um, and they're not that hard, but you get them established and it provides um, certainty to your plan. And this is something that you don't want to just hit, you know, hit a button and kind of do it on your own, so to speak. You know, again, that's where our office can really come alongside you and help you. And, and we can save you money, honestly, with, with the formation of some of these things. It's really important to have a, have somebody who understands the, you know, do you have this kind of trust or this kind of a will, or what's the durable power of a trust? We see a lot of things where people don't complete the plan. Yep. you know, the strategies. Yep. So this has been, we're talking about 10 years. What do you do? Get an emergency fund, build a plan, budget and invest appropriately and get an estate plan. I mean, that, yeah, this, that's, that's a good marching orders for anybody. Yeah. This is January of 2023. The question is, is what is, what are you going to look like in January of 2030 or 2033, right? Mm -hmm. 10 years out. 10 years. We're going to be. Well, so yeah. anyway. Well, thank you for listening for everyone out there. If you miss any part of this episode, you can catch us on YouTube or you can go to our website, retirementunlimited.com. Until next week, folks.
May you grow in wisdom and knowledge. Thank you for listening. Information and ideas discussed on this program are in the nature of general comment and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Do not constitute legal or financial advice and do not create an attorney, client, or fiduciary relationship. Any examples or circumstances discussed are fictional. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor, tax consultant, or attorney, as well as conduct their own due diligence prior to making any decisions. Investments involve risk and the possibility of loss, including the loss of principal. All situations are different and results may vary. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent, California license number 0518567. And Jeremiah Lee is a California licensed attorney and is responsible for this communication. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisory firm. Hi, this is Hugh Hewitt. Hey, if you're retired or approaching retirement, listen up. Retirement planning is critical to your financial health. And like choosing the right doctor, your financial planner must be able to understand your concerns, help you navigate through your retirement, which can be filled with uncertainty, volatility. Certified financial planner Randy Barkley has been assisting clients for 30 years by helping them understand all the information that to most of us can be overwhelming. Go to retirementunlimited.org or call Randy Barkley for a no-obligation appointment at 888-627-8371. That's 888-627-8371, retirementunlimited.org. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB.